0: If you've got your Bible with you today, uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26. Let's go ahead and take a moment and pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today that you're with us, you're for us, you're on our side. Lord, the victory in us does abide. Thank you for the greater one who lives in us. Lord, we ask you to open our eyes today to see uh, glorious truths from the word of God. Give, us unto, give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you for the message that's right for today. May each person receive exactly what they need for now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we've been in a series. And we want to continue that series today called Getting Control of Your Life. Is is that a a noble endeavor? Absolutely, now it is. Some might remember, say, well, I know I want the Lord to have control of my life. Well, he can't unless you do. If I'm out of control, I don't have anything to offer him. I don't have anything to submit to him, okay? I've got to have control of my own life, and the Lord's not going to take control anyway. He's just not that way. He's not that aggressive. (laughs) He's he's not the one who takes from us. Remember, we said at the beginning, the enemy is the one who pushes, the one who takes, uh, but the Lord leads and guides, and so we must have uh, control of our own faculties, control of our own life in in every area, and then we offer it. We submit it to the Lord, and he, uh, he becomes Lord and Master of our lives but we it's true though that many people of course in this world but many people even in the church um, just have chaotic lives and there's a lot of things they feel like are out of out of control for them and they want to gain control and there are absolutely keys to making this happen real 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 simple stuff okay now uh, again i want to remind you that this message is basically two parts all right all right each part takes several weeks but Uh, it's two parts we're on the first part and that is we are talking about the mind okay if you will control your mind you will control your life if you have an out of control mind you will have an out of control life all right these things really cannot be separated i'm not going to go one direction while my uh while my mind is going in an opposite direction Okay, Everything gets filtered through and comes through and, and, and when we deal with the mind. Over here in uh, Isaiah 26, verse three, the scripture said, "You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Who is the person that gets perfect peace? It is the person who is able to keep their mind stayed on the Lord. Not the person necessarily who just has everything right and everything perfect in their life. No, but if they can control their mind, then they get God's perfect peace. And good news about this, it's available to everyone. The Lord is not dangling perfect peace out in front of all of us so three of us can partake. So just a few of us, a few of the lucky ones, can go ahead and and operate and live in God's perfect peace. No, this is available for every person, which means that every one of us have the ability, which is, of course, assisted with God's ability, have the ability to keep our minds stayed on Him. That sounds like pie in the sky to some, because their minds are a zoo. (laughs) their minds are just tossed to and fro and every thought that comes in takes them a different way and they find themselves uh focused on and imagining wrong things regularly and when they go to pray it's just thousand different directions their mind is going and to think about staying on the lord is quite a lofty goal Uh, but again the lord puts this in front of us because it's something that we can accomplish by his grace by his power by his ability we can have control of our minds now if you're if you're one who has uh, dealt with and struggled in your life with uh, attention disorders you've got uh, you maybe you've been diagnosed and you officially can't keep your mind on something i mean you've got a license to say <laughs> I I uh, am excluded from this message because I've got a disorder. I've got a mental handicap that tells me I cannot stay focused. Well, listen, that's an excuse. Okay, I'm not denying any validity to what some diagnosis might be, but If it's really something that you can't overcome by yourself, we're not talking about doing anything by ourselves anyway. Hmm? We're not in the business of pulling up our own self, you know, grabbing our own boots and just pulling ourselves up and making something of ourselves. That's not what we're about. We're talking about supernatural stuff. And if we can't produce something supernatural and a supernatural change, then, then we should just quit this nonsense anyway. Because hmm. if we're just a club and we have a good time together, but that's all it, all it is, then uh, that's not what we're about. That's not what we're supposed to be. We either have miracles or give me some truth. Hmm. If someone's a part of something and they're claiming this, we have the way, and this is the way to eternal life, and can't demonstrate it with any kind of supernatural manifestation, I question and we're living in a time, we're living in a day when everything we hold dear and valuable, and the Word of God, is being questioned on every side. And there, and so many people want to say, what's what makes your Bible better than somebody else's Bible? What's what makes your book so, better than somebody else's book? And we can have a legitimate, uh, mental and reasoned argument or discussion and and that's valid but the lord has not limited us to that he has not limited us just to words thank god the bible and the word of god is backed up with power and if we're not seeing it something's wrong and so back to what we're talking about if someone says man i've just got this uh, they diagnosed me i've got attention deficit in high definition and (laughs) Or whatever, you know, in the HD, all that. <laughs> That's what that stands for, you know. Okay, uh, I've got, well, fine. I'm not saying that they told you wrong. I'm just saying God's word is powerful. I'm just saying if the Lord said he'll keep you in perfect peace, if you keep your mind stayed on him, then he's going to supply the ability, the grace, the wisdom, the understanding so that you can keep your mind stayed on him. Amen. And what was that? I'm just kidding. (laughs) And and so uh, let me go back and review this portion real briefly so we can all be on the same page. We've said to you already, and this is basic Bible uh, understanding, elementary stuff. We are, remember 1 Thessalonians 5.23, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, that might seem real simple, but it's also real key to many things in our Christian life to understand that. We're spirit, soul, and body. When we were saved, our spirit was made brand new. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, brand spanking new, all shiny and clean, all filled with God, wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. <laughs> Why? And, and God did an amazing work spiritually in every one of us. There's nothing missing, there's nothing lacking, there's, nothing, there's no problem, there's no sin remnants left over. He completely made us uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's our spirit being, that's our spirit man. We've also, of course, got our body. The physical part of us, the house that we live in, the earth suit that we have. uh, Our body was not changed at all when we were saved. It's still the same. Uh, Like we said, you know, if you were uh, good looking before, you still are. If you were ugly before, you still are. (laughs) If you were dumb as a rock, you still are. If you were smart as a rocket scientist, you still... Uh, well, that's the mind. I get back to the body, <laughs> uh, but our body basically didn't change when we were saved. Okay. Then we've got uh, uh, our, our soul. What the Bible refers to our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. This is the area that is very key to controlling our life. Okay. If I don't get a hold of my soul, get my soul in control, then I will not have control in my life. Now, my soul is going to side. One way or the other. Because I'm constantly receiving information from the born again part of me. My spirit man. I'm getting information from God. My spirit's been made one with the Lord. Feeding me righteous thoughts. All kinds of godly good stuff. It's coming into my mind. Coming into my soul. From my spirit. But also I'm getting information from my body. My five physical senses are consistently constantly at work giving information and putting stuff into my mind and into my emotions all right the big deal here now is the bible tells us in romans chapter 12 that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind i need to get my mind and my soul area on the side of my spirit so that the thoughts that my spirit now has inherent by nature are the same as my mind, okay? And if I am thinking godly thoughts, if the word of God has been implanted into my soul, then it is going to side with my spirit, and we've got two against one. And I can basically have control in my life. If my mind remains carnal and worldly and thinking thoughts contrary to God, and it will, by, it will unless something is done to change that, by the way, that's just the way it works if it's still thinking that way then i've got my uncontrolled flesh my unrenewed mind and my spirit in here saying help (laughs) now it's powerful and it's filled with god but the spirit you know it's uh it's something that needs our soul to work through because you can't see it you can't feel it it's in the spirit realm all right? And this is why so many times people remain babies for so long. They remain immature because they're just dealing in the flesh and soul realm and not gaining and tuning into the spirit realm. That's the part that's been changed and been made new. All right. Now, John 6, 63, Jesus said this, It is the spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. Remember, the spirit... Get the newborn, the born again part of you, gives life. But the flesh profits nothing. So if I'm feeding on information from the flesh, how much good is that doing me? Zero. But what I get from the Spirit, it's producing life in my life. And it's taking me up and making things better and better. Jesus went on to say there, the words that I speak. To to you are spirit and they are life. And so the word of God is what really makes the difference. Our minds are transformed by it, okay, or renewed by it. And the spirit words are what are going to affect our very minds, our souls, and therefore affect our lives. Control your mind, control your life. And with God's thoughts running through us, it makes all the difference. Now, now also, another scripture I want to point you to is, is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And so we can see real clear that if a person sets his mind... Uh, whatever he sets his mind on, that will determine how they walk. If I'm minding fleshly things, I'm going to live a fleshly life. If I'm minding spiritual things, if I put my mind, not my spirit, already been saved. Okay. He didn't say, if I will just do godly stuff, if I will just get physically involved in good works, then I'll... Uh, then i 'll be after the spirit no it 's all about what my mind is on i can 't go this way if my mind is going the opposite way i 've got to put spiritual thoughts in my mind and, and so we, listen, we can see this real easily how people by how people live what they 're thinking about. This is not done for the purpose of of judging someone or or anything like that, but if I see someone and they are living a very carnal and sinful life, I know what they spend their time thinking about. I can look at them and read their mind. I can know what their thought patterns are because what's happening in there is coming out in their life. If someone says, I spend all my time just thinking about the Lord and... and, and And in the word of God, I'm just always in the word and just talking with the Lord all the time. Uh, But I see in their life that it's not a spiritual or mature or godly life. Then I know they're lying to me. Someone said, but I do. No, you don't. (laughs) You're either deceived yourself or you're trying to deceive everybody else. Hmm. How many know there's no... uh, there's no apples without an apple seed going into the ground first. And if someone is producing all kinds of bad fruit, there's a reason for that. Or if someone is lacking good fruit. Can we just be real plain? You know, not trying to kick anyone and, or knock anybody down. But if there is a severe lack of good fruit, there is a severe lack of good seed. And good water on top of that seed. These things are are laws. They work every time. If I'm putting the right things in my life, the right things are going to come out of my life. And if the wrong things continually come out of me, week after week and month after month and year after year, that is a direct indication. It shows what I'm doing behind the scenes. So much for secrets, huh? So much for putting the church face on. So much for, man, I look good in church, I raise my hand, and everything else is just falling apart. And, and, uh, you know, listen, things manifest. It's just a matter of time until things come out. Is that good? (laughs) Well, it's good if you're planting the right seed, isn't it? And if you haven't been, things can change. Get the backhoe out. Dig up some bad stuff. Start putting the right things in. Look over at Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Philippians 4 8. Have that highlighted yet? If not, giddy up. It's one of those good ones. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So, now we're told specifically here what to do with our minds. We're told what to think about. He said meditate on these things. Things. could we say that we're not supposed to meditate on things that are contrary to that yeah i'm telling you this is a big problem though there are a whole lot of people who spend a whole lot of time dwelling on thinking about, worrying about, meditating on, dreaming about, stuff that directly violates this line or this standard. And sometimes people wonder, they say, man, I prayed and I got so-and-so to agree with me. I, I got the pastor to agree with me. <laughs> and I, we prayed and it's not working. Things are still falling apart well sometimes you know what it's not a matter of the prayer was bad you may have prayed according to the word and and you know and and done some good things there but if you get finished with the prayer or some other kind of spiritual activity and then let your mind go crazy you violated philippians 4 8 can i just choose and say well, i'm going to Operate on this verse of Scripture, but I'm going to let my mind just go wild. See, that is a big key. He said, meditate on these things. Verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I've thought about that verse. Notice what it said. You've learned and received the things you've heard, you saw in me. Do them talking about action, put them into practice, do them, and the God of peace will be with you, and then I thought, well, Isaiah, he just said, if you'll keep your mind stayed on the Lord, you'll have perfect peace, one says mind, the other one says do it, actually, both of them said mind. And here's the problem. Sometimes we read verses like that one. We leave out verse 8 and go directly to verse 9. And we say we've got to follow Paul's example. Put these things into practice. And it can be very difficult if a person hasn't done verse 8. Many Christians are trying to live right. To do the will of God. To do what they believe is right. And they and they know it's right. It's it, it's good stuff. But they fall over and over again and find themselves unable to do, unable to be, unable to accomplish what they know they're supposed to do because they're leaving their mind out of the picture. They've skipped first eight. And if I'm not spending adequate time thinking the right thoughts, I'm gonna have a real difficult time doing the right actions. The thinking comes first, The doing comes second. The meditation precedes the action. And if I will get things in God's order, understanding that He works from the inside out, I'll find myself changing with far less effort. I'll find myself overcoming temptation with far less sweat. And being able to do the will of God, and it feels like, man, it almost feels like I'm gifted. (laughs) Almost feels like I have a natural ability. Well, it is. Because it started in your soul. When it's in your soul, then it's the natural outworking of the actions that we want to do in life. Amen. This issue of meditation is a very big Bible subject. When he said to think on or meditate on these things, that's a... That's pretty clear. So, so many times, though, we shy away from things like meditation. We think, that sounds kind of cultic, that meditation stuff. And we think maybe of some Eastern religion or some some group that, you know, they don't have the Lord in their life. They don't acknowledge the redemption, uh, you know, through the blood of Jesus and these things. But they do meditate. And you ever wondered why there are so many groups out there that, get involved with meditation? It's because it works. It's because it does have a positive effect on their life. I'm telling you even outside of the Lord. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be so popular. But in the church now sometimes people see that and they think well that's that cultic stuff, that's that worldly stuff we don't want to get involved with that. But listen, just because another group or some group that doesn't know the lord is participating in something doesn't make it even evil, evil in and of itself actually meditation is a big bible subject okay and people you know they got, got some image in their mind of someone doing something sitting in a funky way and, and and acting weird and making strange sounds and they think that's meditation well we should analyze things according to the word because we're supposed to meditate on lovely just and so forth the, the, those those type of things how are we to do that How are we to meditate? Well, um, I know that the thing that I constantly think of when I think of meditation, because I know the word, when I talk about meditating, means I'm going to put my mind on a certain subject for a period of time. I'm going to stay focused on that. And, and, And I realize to some, that's really difficult, like we said at the beginning. To think about something for 30 seconds is a challenge. But you have to make yourself. And if you'll make yourself, stay on a word from God stay there stay focused stay focused and it's hard it's hard you're tempted to think something else you make yourself stay stay no 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 stay okay you did it for 30 seconds (laughs) and uh, what you're doing you're training your mind to think on something good and over time that will make a difference uh, the, the word meditate means to mutter. It means oftentimes the way we're going to do it is by letting it come out of our mouth. Okay? And, and you, you keep your mind on a particular subject, particular scripture and word from God. You let it come out of your mouth. You talk about it. And it will help focus your mind a certain direction for a period of time. That's meditation. Uh, most of you know that I grew up with the cows. And it was a very moving experience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the illustration I often think of when I think about meditation because cows, because of their anatomy being uh, quite different than ours, inside and out, um, they, will, uh, they will eat, but they don't digest their food the same way that we do. Okay, And so you'd see a cow eating, and then in a little while, you see him out laying back in the corral somewhere, and it looks like he's still eating. Like someone gave him gum or something, they're out there, all the cows are out there chewing. What are they chewing on, all right? And that's the way that they're digesting their food, okay? They, they, I don't know, you know, you can look at it as a positive or a negative. I mean, you pay for one meal and you get to eat it four times. <laughs> but, <laughs> or, or as most of us... You know, we enjoy the the eating aspect, but we'd just rather just do it once. (laughs) But they have uh, four different stomachs, and so the food goes in, and in a little while, it comes back. And it comes back up, and so what do they do? To digest it, they have to chew it again. And so they're chewing their cud, right? And they chew it, chew it, chew it, and it goes down, and after a little while here it comes again (laughs) and they're chewing chew chew and they're chewing on their their food again and digesting and chewing it and then it goes back down again all right now when it comes to meditation it works very similar to this if you will take a word from the lord a any good bible scripture good word from god anything that the lord had said and you put your mind on it and you ponder it and you think about it you chew on it a little bit it's good and you talk about it talk about it and it goes in what's going to happen well it's in there but in a little while see that might have been in the morning then you might be driving down the road on your way to work and whoop there it is again what do you do with it don't dismiss it stay on it for a few minutes let it roll around in your mind think about it talk about it praise the lord for it, just thank him for his word keep those thoughts keep your mind stayed on that as long as you can and it goes back you're chewing it up and it goes back down later on in the day all of a sudden whoop, there it comes again hey what's that well that's the word of the lord that's the word of god coming back to me you think about it you chew on it some more you talk about it you tell somebody else about it you're chewing it up and it goes back down you see when that happens a few times Eventually what happens, it goes down, and now it's a part of your system. Gone into your bloodstream, right? The Word of God has become a part. It's been ingrained a little bit more into your mind, and your mind is becoming renewed. And so that is a normal way of thinking now. You've replaced old thoughts with something new. And now you've got, just like that, you've got more control in your mind therefore you have more control in your life already just like that i don't mean it's all completed and it's all finished but you've taken a step that will help you control everything in your life just by meditating on the word so what we do is we want this these things to become natural to us so that thinking godly thoughts is not a foreign concept but it's the first response it's the first reaction when we get poked by a person, by a circumstance, by, by the devil himself trying to attack us. When we get hit, up out of us comes the word of God. Instead of all kinds of other stuff that comes out of people. Hmm. You want to know what people have been thinking about? Poke them. Hmm. <laughs> Wait till you get out of church before you practice then try this out. You find out what's, oh, now, of course, we don't want to be used of the devil, so, but, you know, if you want to really irritate someone, you'll find out, ah, there's a monster in there. <laughs> what is that? It's called the unrenewed mind. If they've been saved, it's the unrenewed mind. If they haven't, well, it's still part of their spirit, too, then, okay? But I remember watching uh, one of the classic movies, I mean, like classic movies, like The Karate Kid, <laughs> how many ever saw the karate kid a long time ago all right the rest of you uh might want to rent it so you can understand my illustration karate kid of course uh daniel son was um getting uh, picked on at school and he wanted to learn karate and he met miyagi remember miyagi and and they had an agreement that miyagi was going to teach daniel son karate and so Uh, they had a pact of course Daniel had to do everything that Miyagi told him in order for him to agree to teach him and so he went to his first lesson and you remember what the first lesson was clean all those cars and then wax them wax on wax off right and he did all that work and and you know he thought he's just paying the price for getting the karate lesson he comes shows up the next time and uh, he's got to paint the fence a huge fence remember and he and uh, miyagi tells him not only you know how to do it he tells him how to breathe breathe like this but i want you to paint up like this and paint down like this and he does it all and then he gets done he said i'm done he said both sides <laughs> and then he had to sand the deck then he had to paint the house and uh and so all this work and Danielson son is uh uh, extremely frustrated and aggravated starts yelling at Miyagi I'm quit I come here to get karate lessons and all oh, you got me doing all your work and in the middle of that Miyagi says show me paint the fence and he starts throwing punches at him and and kicks he starts you know doing this and uh, Danielson paints the fence and pff, blocks the blocks the punch and blocks this and You know, waxes on there and waxes off here. And all of a sudden he's got all these defensive mechanisms built into him to where it's very natural for him to defend all these uh, punches and, and kicks that are being thrown at him. Okay? That's what we want to get to with the Word. Where we meditate on it. We're staying in it long enough. It goes down and comes up and goes down and comes up. Gets established in our mentality and how we think. And whatever the enemy throws at us, we without hardly thinking about it go, bing. Block it every time. Kind of like... um. Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, and the devil threw his best at him, and was attacking him left and right, and Jesus wasn't fumbling around for a Bible thing, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this one? Up out of him came, it is written, and he would speak the word of God and defeated the enemy every single time. That's what must come out of you and I if we're going to... Defeat the enemy yeah. when things are thrown our way. Too often comes up complaining or why did this happen to me? And ah, and just all kinds of stuff other than the weapons of our warfare that will cause the enemy to be defeated every time. But these things must be implanted in us. I'm not going to live consistently in a way that contradicts the way that I think. If I'm living the wrong way, The goal is, and what I need to do is not just immediate behavior change, but it is immediate mind change. I need brainwashed with the Word of God. I need to be thinking His thoughts so that my life will be controlled. Remember Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditation is key now listen if we take time to meditate on these things talking about philippians 4 8 they will become a stronghold in us just like many have strongholds of negative thought patterns of unbelief of of, of doubt and all kinds of wrong thinking we can change that to we have a stronghold and it's just very natural for us to be positive you know sometimes pe- negative people oftentimes can even be irritated with positive people Because they want everyone to be down in the mouth like they are. They want everyone else to see doom and gloom and despair all around them. And when someone shows up with a smile every day. (laughs) And you say, did you hear about this? And they say, oh yeah, but did you hear about? And they've got something good to say. They've got some positive to say. Uh, You know, it it can be quite annoying to a negative person. But that's all right. (laughs) What we want to do is create in us... uh, A mind where, you know, unknowable and unjust and impure and unlovely and bad reports, that stuff becomes foreign to our thinking. Where we hear stuff, it just kind of bounces off of us and we're back to smile. We're back to positive. We're back to godly thinking. Hmm. That's how we're going to live a godly life. Not the other way around. I just need to act right. No, you need to think right. And the actions come out of that. The actions follow that. You're in, uh, where are you at? Philippians? Look at uh, chapter 3. Philippians 3, verse 17. It says, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Notice this description. These people, they are enemies of the cross of Christ, and one of the notable characteristics of their life is that they set their mind on earthly things. Say, I would never, ever be an enemy of the cross of Christ. Well, do you set your mind on earthly things? I mean, that's a challenging statement, because I would venture to say that these people didn't start out as enemies of the cross of Christ, but they started out by setting their mind on earthly things. And that took root, and that became a habit, that became a stronghold, it became a way of thinking. They had worldly thinking, and carnal and ungodly thinking, that produced a carnal and ungodly life, until the point they were just so far away that they became an enemy of all that God was doing, and all that Jesus was accomplishing. And it all started right up here. All started with their thought life. We've got to control our thoughts if we're going to control our lives, lest we become enemies of the cross of Christ. Colossians chapter 3, just one page over, if you've got a Bible like mine. Colossians chapter 3, and verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Again here. Writing to Colossians, so he's talking to believers, talking to Christians, and he's telling saved people what to think about. In other words, just because I love Jesus, just because I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven does not mean I have a mind that is in order and that is thinking the right thoughts. He said, I want you to take your mind and set it on things that are above and not on things that are beneath. That's something we do with our minds. Almost, uh, when this happens, when we can get our minds set the right direction, it can be very difficult to then move it the other way. Almost like uh, when when, uh, someone pours concrete. Concrete, very liquid, uh, and, and, you know, it can be shaped, and they put put it in frames and get it all set right in in, in frames. But, But once they get it all smoothed out, they let it set. And what happens after a period of time, it gets set and it gets hard. And at that point, it's very difficult to move. It's very difficult to be altered. Once a person can set their mind on the Lord, so many things that they struggle with today, they'll not struggle with anymore. It's difficult to move them off of that. They're not struggling every day to keep their mind uh, in line. To keep their thoughts pure. To th- keep their th- their thoughts on, on spiritual things. They've become set in their ways. But they're godly ways. They're the ways of the Lord. His thoughts are our thoughts. His ways become our ways. And that just makes everything work out right. But if our minds are have been set in a negative way. Where we're thinking thoughts that are contrary to the, to the Lord. And listen. We all have to deal with this. Unless you were just born saved. Uh, you came out of the womb speaking in another tongue (laughs) filled with the spirit working miracles at age three months and (laughs) we've been influenced by the world and before we got saved man there's a dead spirit we've been influenced and so our minds oftentimes they were set the wrong way and so what do we need we need a sledgehammer the Word of God can be that. And that sledgehammer, we take that and we've got to bust up some wrong thinking in our, in, in our thought pro- patterns. In our thought processes, it's time to take the Word of God and hit it hard. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work where you have to stay with it. And you get a scripture and you read it every single day for months. And so you start to think that way. You get a good CD, a, some good word on there, some good teaching, and play it over and over again. People jump in the car with you and they say, you listening to that same message? Yeah. Yep. Why? I'm getting my mind set. I'm tearing out some old wrong thinking. And, and, and just because I know it, I have a, I knowledge of it. I know it is still deeply rooted in me and I've got to get that stuff cleaned out. Yeah. And you do it. And it's worth every moment that you hear it because it's you've got that hammer bam 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 you got that old stinking thinking and and sometimes it may be a certain areas how many know you can have uh agreement with the lord in one area and in another area we're thinking completely opposite from his word yeah, right. you know we do the uh we, we have a lot of healings and miracles around it. some some may struggle say i can never uh have a hard time receiving healing from the lord well maybe you've got some concrete needs blasted and so maybe you focus on certain scriptures that deal with that or get some good teaching that deals with that subject and you pound away, blast away, dig that stuff out and then pour a brand new fresh slab and get set with your mind stayed on him. Your mind, what are we talking about? You're thinking God thoughts. The way that he sees it, you see it that way. And then it's hard to move you away from that. People get in that, and they're set for years. Unless they take drastic action, it's going to be easy now to think that way. not going to be difficult. And if we're thinking that way, guess what? It's also going to be easy to live that way. It's not going to be difficult. It's not going to be a struggle every single day. I'm going to try to serve God today. I'm just going to try to live for the Lord. It's just hard. No, it's not hard. I'm cemented in. It, It was poured, concrete poured, and I'm locked in on this thing now. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. The way that we think is going to be the way that we live. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today for your goodness. Thank you for being with us today. Lord, you're on our side. Lord, you're helping us to gain...